And my thanks to Ken Quiethawk for that original and lovely um, intro. His voice is amazing. I just, um, I love listening to him talk. He could read the telephone book to me. But so it's almost summer. My heat is on. So, you know, all's right with the world and God's in his heavens. And it's Monday night and Michelle Avanti is here. And that means it's perfect. So, Michelle... Thank you for dragging yourself out of the sick bed to come. <laughs> <laughs> I just just took a cough medicine, <laughs> hoping that I won't cough too much tonight. Oh, well, if it's a good cough medicine, we may get even, you know, better stuff out of you. <laughs> no, it's not that kind. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> it's elderberry. <laughs> oh, you mean it's a real cough medicine? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I made the mistake once of... Um, I had some cough medicine left over from when I really had a horrible, um, I mean, it was, it was almost bronchitis and had codeine in it. And um, I was going to do a show and my voice was very, very hoarse. And I had this wonderful cough medicine. I thought, I'll just take some of it. <laughs> Apparently, that was one of the best shows I've ever done. I don't remember any of it. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> but uh, I'm told yep. that I was hysterical. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Yeah, my doctor prescribed some of that with codeine, but I've never touched it. I just did. When you read all the side effects, I just couldn't do it. Well, you know, I happily, happily, it made me very happy. And I gave <laughs> I I read tons of people and, and I got great response from it. So, um, you know, it's not something I would do on a regular basis. But uh, <laughs> well, it's good. It worked for you. I was a happy camper. <laughs> I well, the thing is, I can't drink and I can't take drugs. I just, I, I'm, I'm super sensitive to that kind of stuff. So, when I do take it, it, it knocks the bejesus out of me, and and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you know, we were we were talking earlier today, and I do want to go into it because a number of people have written in and asked me about these, you know, and and. I have to preface this with when I when I discover something and think it's new, that means it's almost ready to go into antiquity. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not on the leading edge of new paradigms as far as stuff goes, obviously. But but recently on Facebook, so you know that's one of my that's where I get a lot of information. Um, mm-hmm. There was a there was a thing about this new way of looking at astrology, and and it recalibrated because because our calendar was off because of something that happened in the to the Georgian calendar or something, and that um, that our signs were were not 
really are signs that if you really wanted to know what your real sign was, you had to go into this. And when I calibrated mine, it turns out that I was, instead of a Pisces with Aquarius rising, I am Aquarius with Aquarius rising, which is even cooler. Mm. So, I mean, I, but I, and then you, you blew it all out of the water, but you want to blow it out of the water for everybody who hasn't <laughs> talked to you already. <laughs> you know, um, the way our our astrology was set up, it was set up, you know, 4,000 years ago, a long time ago. And the constellations, as I've talked about in the past, when you look up in the sky and you say, oh, there's the Big Dipper or there's, you know, Draco or Orion or whatever. Uh, those are fixed stars uh, that are suns in other solar systems that are so strong and powerful that we can see them here millions and millions and millions of light years away from them. And those constellations, each one has a story because in ancient times, they didn't have TVs or little boxes they carried around with them. So they looked up at the sky at night and they could actually see it because there were no lights on the streets. And and there were many stories that carried through and are still being told to, to this day about these great beings in these constellations. And it's, it's a fascinating thing to study. Um, the constellations because in every culture in the world they have stories and their stories are very similar and it's actually a fascinating thing to look at at any rate about 4,000 or so years ago uh, they began uh, studying what was the response or was their response when they had certain configurations of uh, planets or stars in the sky they wanted to see did that have an impact on human life and uh, and that became uh, what I call the pseudoscience that is today called astrology. At any rate, uh, because those stars are not really fixed, we call them fixed stars because we live, most of us live around 100 years, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but uh, we don't, there aren't many people who live beyond a century. And so in our lifetime, it takes those fixed stars uh, about 70 years to move one degree. So we really don't see a lot of movement in them. They look the same. The constellations are still there. And their movement does not appear to have changed tremendously in our lifetimes. So we call them fixed stars. But if you take that over 4,000 years, divide Mm. that by 70 you will notice that they have moved tremendously. (laughs) Yeah. And it's their movement is what we call uh, looking at astrology through sidereal time, which is the time of, uh, of reality. It's a reality time based on where everything is now. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, uh, the ecliptic, which is this imaginary circle that ancient astrologers put around the earth and they lined the constellations, 12 constellations they picked that touched this ecliptic, which is like an extension of the, the um, what's that hot line that goes around the planet like a belt? Equator, equator. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, brain's <laughs> not functioning properly, but yeah, That's I got okay. the message. <laughs> and uh, they, the ecliptic, they set it up around the equator, and uh, and constellations that touched on that equator, they broke into the 12 zodiac signs that we know today. Because of our movement, 
in terms of our planetary orbit, our solar system's orbit, we have moved a lot. And that has changed some of uh, the constellations that touch on the ecliptic. So you will read uh, accounts, people telling you that, for example, Ophiuchus, which probably most people have never heard of Ophiuchus, it is a constellation. It now it What is it? A constell? You know, most of the constellations have a form. You know. Yeah. Well, what? yeah. You know, I don't really know the form of Ophiuchus. I think it's a man, but I can't tell you what he's doing. I can't remember. Okay. He might be carrying a club, <clears throat> but it's a, it's a man. Ophiuchus is a man. And uh, I think it's just his the tip of his foot or the heat. I think it's the tip of a toe that actually touches the ecliptic. And uh, so as a result of that, there are people out there saying we actually have 13 astrology signs instead of 12. Um, there are others who are sidereolists who are what you're talking about, where they're saying time is different now than it was then. Therefore, uh, you really aren't born at the time when the constellation of Aquarius is traveling overhead. Mm -hmm. um, so therefore, you must be really Capricorn. So you have to ask a lot of questions about this. And, uh, and I've been saying for the last, I guess, about 25 or 30 years, the time will come with sidereal astrology and our, our Western astrology will come together and mesh. That time will eventually come. When, I don't know. But it takes research to be able to say that this change is, in fact, a reality in terms of how we are resonating with it. And that's what it comes right down to. And there's a lot more complications than just saying, well, because it's not at that point, it's not going to have that emphasis and you're not going to resonate the same way. The question that I ask is, you as soul, before you came into this corporeal existence, uh, you made choices based on a framework, which is based on a lot of patterns from past lives. Mm -hmm. So if your belief system is based still there, the activation and resonance is still going to be active as it was. However, the young people coming in may adopt a new belief system, and as a result of that, feed that to their children and therefore replace the belief systems that have been in the past and everything changes then. Oh. And it's, the resonance that is taking place still has the same geometric patterns. Even though sidereally we are in a different place, the patterns are still there. Mm -hmm. So it carries forward. Okay, so now you're, you may have a rising sign that's Aquarius rather than it, Pisces, or you may have what they say is a sun sign of uh, Aquarius rather than Pisces. Mm -hmm. You know, Western astrology puts so much emphasis on the sun as if it's so incredibly important. Uh, it's important, but Eastern astrologers are much more accurate in terms of recognizing how the human body responds to the resonation of planets and luminaries. Uh, the luminary that is most powerful in our world is really the moon. And that's why if you look to Eastern astrologers who have been studying astrology a lot longer than those of us in the West, you will see that their understanding of the moon is really brings home 
the package of who you are. Yes, the ego is reflected in your sun sign if it isn't mitigated in your chart. Mm -hmm. But the moon reflects your needs, your emotions, and the way way you respond to life is almost invariably more the moon than it could ever be the sun. Really? Because I have a moon in cancer. And, um, and look at my, you. if you aren't the most nurturing and caring, kind person I know, well, thank you. Don't you take in the people of the world every time we do a radio show? Oh, absolutely. No, and and you know, I've always, you know, there were there are parts of, you know, I'm Pisces with with Aquarius rising, and so there there were parts of those two signs that that often didn't, you know, they parts of each of them kind of said, well, you're not really oriented at the home and I am my home is my sanctuary my home is important to me and I I often um, look at my son who is Leo with Pisces rising and his moon is in Libra and he does he does come across as more of a Libra than he than he does as yeah and 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 a Leo but um You know, forget the rising. The rising isn't in there at all. But. Well, the rising really, you know, people think the rising has a lot of um, emphasis on who you are. But actually, the rising reflects how you look to the world. How does the world see you? What is this outer coating that you're wearing? When we look at a rising sign, the real truth of the rising has a lot to do with how you look, how you appear. And the moment of the rising of a constellation, which is the moment that a constellation was coming across the horizon line when you were being born and took your first breath, it made its appearance and you made your appearance and it reflects your appearance. So when we look at a rising and we see a rising, for example, of Leo, um, I happen to be staring at Donald Trump's chart and he has Leo rising. Uh at 29 degrees well you know he has probably got blonde hair or hair that is noticeable Uh, almost invariably Leo is known a lot of the time for their hair and Uh Leos are not small they're not normally small people it doesn't mean you won't find a small Leo remember it's going to be a reflection of uh, the heredity of the individual if they come from an oriental family they may be the largest person in their family (laughs) but to us in the west they look Look tiny. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so everything everything reflects. Okay, it's it's not it's not an independent thought that says at large means everybody's gigantic. Um, it just means that you tend to be bigger than life in the way you appear, and he certainly um, fits that. And um, oh, so yeah, he does. Uh, yeah uh, well, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it. I'm just happened to be staring at his chart, but. Uh, you know, uh, you you have an Aquarius rising, you said, right? Yes. And Aquarius is known for what? Aquarius is known to uh, have a unique style. They don't wear the clothes that everybody else thinks they should wear. They don't wear their hair the way everybody thinks they should wear hair. They tend to put together clothes that the rest of us would say, seriously? Um, that's, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> now, it doesn't mean it can't be mitigated. A person could have... Uh, Leo rising and they might have uh, Venus and Leo there and it might be in trine um, in sextile to something in Libra and as a result of that uh, they may be a little bit more 
um, coordinated because Venus mm -hmm. is going to make them more coordinated. So, um, but but nonetheless, a person with Aquarius rising usually will be very unique in their styling. Uh, I remember years ago I was teaching a class and I and I had a student come in, just beautiful beautiful Oriental lady, uh, long black hair, just beautiful. Everything about her, she was so pretty. And one day she came into class and she had cut all her hair and she had dyed it blue. Oh. Blue? Was it blue or red? Can't remember. It was, might have been blue. At any rate, I looked at her and I says, oh, my God, you have got uh, a, um, something has progressed in your chart. Your son has probably <laughs> progressed into Aquarius. Uh, let's go take a look and see what's happened. Where is your ascendant now? Has it progressed in some way? And we went and looked, and sure enough, she she had a progression. Aquarius had just progressed her ascendant into Aquarius, and so the the week it progressed, she just went and did this. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was wow. shocking, shocking. And that's that's another statement of Aquarius. Uh, Aquarius is uh, one of its main rulers is Uranus, and Uranus is 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 like an electric shock. <laughs> so well, you know, you know the charts. Um... I mean, I don't think there's a simple way to look at an astrology chart. They are complicated. And yet, when, when, and, and for me, anybody who is an astrologer, it is a lifetime study. And if you can find somebody that has been studying it for their lifetime, you can get, I mean, down to the fact that, you know, I don't know, you have six toes and six fingers. Um, you know, it'll be there in the chart someplace. Um, but, but it is, it is amazing um, you know, most of the books out there have the generalities. You know, if you're this and you have this rising and your moon's in this, then this is the kind of person you should look for to marry. But, oh, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But well, they do. And, oh, and I know, I know. And and there's some value to that. It's not it's not without value. The only problem with uh, those kinds of books is it precludes the other possibilities. So a person thinks, well, this is my only option. That's not true. There are tremendous other ways that a chart can be mitigated and activated that will also work. So um, if you I mean, I, don't, I probably told you this story is hysterical. Years ago when I had been single for, I don't know, five years or so, I decided I wanted to have a relationship. So as an astrologer, I looked into who would be the best fit for me. And I actually determined certain days in certain years, person born on this day in these years would be a great match. And I advertised <laughs> for them. I did. I put in an ad in the newspaper. Oh, if you are born on any of these days, and I, I said uh, – and in this year, in these years, uh, call me. And I had all these different people call and say, well, I was born the day before. I was born five years later, but that same day. And you know, I, and I said, no, no, none of that works. Did not have anyone who met any of the years and dates that I put in there. And I had okay. about eight of them. But oh there you God. go. You know, um, <laughs> looking well, for perfection. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because... A lot of people will contact a psychic or an astrologer and say, I'm looking for a relationship and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. the reality is that, that when you're ready, it appears. And, and I guess an astrologer could even calculate when you're actually ready so, mm -hmm. that, so that if somebody is really seeking a relationship, you could kind of zero them in on a time frame where 
um, it's kind of like pregnancy where, where you're, you're. You can do that with pregnancy too. Mm -hmm. Oh, geez. That's scary. Oh, not, not at all. It's actually uh, very, very, uh, it's very valuable, especially in this day and age uh, due to the computer situations, the microwave, all these different waves that are going on. Um, so many of uh, the young women today between the estrogen issues and, and the and the waves. Uh, there are many women who are trying to get pregnant who who can't even get pregnant, and it's it seems it's really a challenge. Astrologically, we can always pinpoint the dates that are uh, you're most likely to be able to get pregnant, uh, most fertile saying. times, and those are really good. That's a handy thing to be able to have if you have that need. Now, uh, I have I have a theory about this. Um, my theory is that that. The population, uh, especially in the United States, is is shrinking. That people are not having as many children or children at all as mm -hmm. as much as they used to, and that people, you know, there there are people that that are having a tremendous amount of trouble getting pregnant. And my theory is that for some reason, um, the element of pregnancy is not available to a to a great deal of humanity. Um, as as much as it used to be, is that something that could be affected by the charts, or is that something that is just a choice before you come into this reality? I think I think it has to do a variety of things. You know, we we have charts as nations, we have cycles as uh, states of consciousness, and uh, we are in a space and time where there is so much issue of change. In, in the consciousness and at the same time there are so many issues of challenge in terms of the physicality that we have come to a place in time where uh, the, the challenge between those who have a lot and those who have worked all their lives is also become prominent again. There was a time uh, from the 50s to probably about the 80s or 90s where that was not the case in the United States. We had kind of come into a more of a balance and then it changed and it just kind of took off in the, in the 80s and just kept going. And as that has happened, there is a whole issue that's going on in terms of the mindset. People are concerned, will I have enough money? The change... Um, uh, inflation, the change in terms of how much you can spend with a dollar has changed so much that a lot of people who are in, and I'm going to kind of narrow this to American citizens who have been here or been um, raised here since the last century, and rather than people who have migrated here, because people migrated here, a lot of them are having children. There are a lot of uh, Hispanic people who are still very much Catholics, and they are having children. And, and, and that's why one of the things that's happening in America, as it is, for that matter, if you go look at Europe, you're going to see the same thing that's changing there. Uh, the face of the people is changing. Mm -hmm. And even <clears throat> during this period in time, uh, it was started probably right in the... Uh, the late 80s, um, late early, yeah, probably the early 80s even, a lot of Americans <clears throat> had already been starting to experience the issues of 
having problems with uh, becoming pregnant because by that period in time, uh, we were already starting to really change our patterns with airwaves, with more microwaves in the system, uh, more different kinds of um, electronics taking our bodies and changing the resonation in our bodies which causes an imbalance. There's a lot of things that we've done over this last century uh, from the early 1900s until uh, the early 2000s that have changed the entire way that the human body in its uh, natural state of reproduction is no longer working. We've done so many things. The fact that we use light bulbs and have been using light bulbs since the earlier 1900s people don't realize that light has something to do with the reproductive system. <clears throat> Most people think that it, it's got nothing to do with it, but actually the amount of light that you get during the day and the amount of sleep that you get at night have to do with keeping the cycle in perfect balance, interference with the electronic waves, as well as lack of light or a change in the light system, which is we have a lot of people who work through the night now. We have a lot of people who use light at the wrong times of day and who don't sleep an eight hour straight period. These things all are part of the experience of changing the pattern that is our reproductive system as well as our health system for that matter. So all of this coming together at a time where we, after uh, 1945, uh, we changed the whole pattern in terms of our element of awareness that we have the ability to destroy an entire planet, not just our species, but the planet too. Yeah. Absolutely. And that has caused a, a, a subconscious level of fear. That fear has carried forward as it's become over the years more prominent that something like this could happen. So you have a combination of all these factors and all these factors are in alignment with consciousness change. So, you know, where you can find it, well, I've been looking for, you know, the planet's own chart, but we don't have it. <laughs> well, you only have to go back about, what, 45 million years or billion I, years, I, something I, like that? You know, I bet there's a computer that can do it, but we still don't know the moment in time that this planet actually said, this is my orbit, and started slowing down to sit in that spin and what would be the moment in time the moment in time would be when the atmosphere formed because that is when the planet began to breathe if we could determine when the atmosphere first formed we would have a date at least some kind of date <laughs> um i might be able to give you a date for that i'd love to see it um <laughs> i <laughs> You know, it's I, I did a thing with somebody on some radio show, and um, I had uh, a thing on, um, let me see if it's here. It was, we were talking the oops parts, and at some point I found a, a link for, um, I, I'm hunting for it as we speak. I'm not really good at hunting like this. Um, let me see. I know I sent it to people on Skype, so if I go to one of them, I should be able to find it. Oh. Um, you know, it's 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 really. Um, let me see. 
Well, this is why, you know, when we go to predicting what I normally do is I use the ancients method, which is the ingress charts, mm-hmm. because those are the points of power in time. And for time and location, we're then able to determine what will happen in that nation or that state or county or country or city, whatever, mm-hmm. um, for that next period of three months. So that. It works, and I know that works, whereas to actually have the time of the origination of the planet, that is a, would be a very fascinating chart, and wow, what it would say. I would, would think see, so. You would see every time that there was a flood and every time there was an explosion and exactly where the explosions were, it would be a very fascinating chart to look at. Yeah, I, I just... Um... I'm going to keep scrolling here and see if I can find it because it was a great chart that I found. <laughs> but, and and it, it did actually tell when when the atmosphere formed. Well, that's, that's the key because that would be when the planet took its first breath, you know. Um, <clears throat> and that's, of course, is always the determining factor. In the case of a corporation, it's a different story. It's when it gets first stamped as the corporation. In the case of a business, uh, it's when you take your first dollar. Mm-hmm. So those are the origination charts. And, uh, of course, the great one about the business is you can manipulate that. You can take your first dollar, and I've had I've had businesses where I've had them go and take their first dollar at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It works. It sets the chart. And you want to set the best chart you can for a business. You don't want to take a chance that you set a chart that's going to cause you a lot of problems. So. Okay. Here's here's the chart, and it will give you when the atmosphere formed. Hang on. Oh, are you going to send it to me? or It's on Skype. Oh, it is? It's Yeah. That means I have to go figure out this Skype thing. Hang on. Oh God! Okay, which is easier? What's easier to send it to you? You on? know how I am. I'm. I'm afraid I do. I'm yeah. A little, I'm. A, I'm a little Skype challenged. <laughs> but uh, let's see. I. It, I don't see anything on there. Um, maybe you, it's on there, and uh, I have the little, little scroll window. Uh, okay, but, uh, it's in the scroll window. Just click the scroll window. Oh, so click it. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's t- showing me um, Monday, April third. And and then it just says today, and then it says nothing else. So I don't have anything on there. Okay, let me I'll see. see if I can send you a message because uh, be, earlier when I tried to send a message, nobody was getting it. Michelle, look here. in the rate, look into the um, the chat that we've got here for the show, and it's right in there. Okay, well that's what I thought I was looking at, but this must be a different chat, huh? <laughs> 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 I. Yeah, well, I will find it, and if I don't, you'll have to, you could just tell it to me, and that would probably be the easiest thing. Okay, let's try one more. Uh, it, it, won't work with the, it won't work with the ephemeris anyway. This is something you'd have to do by hand, because the ephemerises don't go back that far. They can't. They nobody Nobody's bothered to uh, work an ephemeris back that far. Okay, so you were typing um, to Deb earlier on your on your thing? Is that what it is? I, I it, just typed it, again, it, but nobody's a, responded on that thing that I typed on. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't, I, I, right. I, I don't I know what you typed on. I don't attach anything. Uh, you know, wait, no, hang you, on. 
Hang on, You're wait, in. I think I've got it. Okay, I see it. You've given me psychic, scientificpsychic.com. Yep. Got it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I did get it. I just, you have to tell me to go look at the the picture page. <laughs> I don't know what these different pages are called. I have no idea. Well, you know, technology just keeps going ahead so fast that it is hard to keep up with. Oh my gosh, now I'm learning, you know, I'm learning so many new things. Good grief, this last two months. I'm going to learn uh, the ins and outs of Amazon. That's like learning another entire universe. It is. It is. It absolutely is. I was going to ask you also about returns because I, I, you know, while you're you're looking at that, scrolling down to seeing where the atmosphere started – I've heard about Saturn returns and I know that, you know, the first Saturn return is at 30 and the second at 60 and it's obviously the third at 90 and then the next at 120. Well, that's not quite right, but yes, it's about 28 (laughs) years apart. They're about 28 years, not 30, about 28. So your first one is, could be anywhere between uh, 28 and 30 years, usually right around the 29th year uh, is when people are experiencing Saturn returns. And Mm -hmm. invariably, if you look at uh, the majority of these uh, terrorists who've been suicide killing themselves, a lot of them are right around 29 years old. (laughs) Really? That's interesting. It's sad. Sad. It's, There's no astrologer to talk sad. to them. <laughs> There's no one there to tell them, you can get through this, you don't have to do that. <laughs> it is very sad. But yeah, no, it's a very difficult time. You hit that first Saturn return and it is a, it is your moment of working through to say, who am I as a mature human being? What is my direction in life? I am no longer part of my mother. I am no longer embedded in my family. I am now out in the world and it is my time to be mature. So who am I? And it is um, a period of time there because it, it goes on for a while. It's not a five-minute experience by any means. Saturn goes back and forth. It doesn't just go direct. And many people will experience their Saturn return over a period of uh, six to nine months. Mm. So during that period in time, uh, the issues that your natal Saturn has, whether they're challenges or opportunities, all come to the forefront during that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some people, and of course, Saturn represents the father, so you can immediately say issues of the father are now in front of you again. So was your father a wonderful, dynamic individual who uh, gave you so much praise and adulation and information and wisdom that he, he was a god in your world and helped you become who you are? Or was your father someone who was absent from your world, as unfortunately there are so many people mm-hmm. uh, that I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, and they can be absent for a lot of reasons, uh, not because they wanted to be, you know, but uh, work, war, these things take uh, a father away from a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then there are also other things that are addictions that take a father away from a family. And then, of course, there is actual abandonment. So there's a whole lot of things that go into it. And uh, those issues are apparent in a chart. And they come to the forefront 
during the time of a, a solar return, uh, a Saturn return. So that, the, the first one is, the first, as they say in the song, the first cut is the deepest. Um, mm-hmm. So is the first hit or the first transit of anything. It's when we have to come to terms for the first time and our awareness, the mask is ripped from our face and we have to look at something. So, so really the returns are looking at life through a different perspective. Well, it's, it's, it's revisiting issues of the father. Mm-hmm. Where have we gone? What have we learned? What disciplines have we uh, accrued? What steps have we taken to teach ourselves what we need to know to uh, become more whole, uh, more in control of our world and of uh, who we are and how we relate to others. Well, so, uh, so is that like a life review? In some ways, you could say it is. Saturn, I always say Saturn is like your principal at a school. Uh, and nobody wants to go to the principal's office, but when Saturn returns, <laughs> we <Yeah>. all go. <laughs> and the principal will either read us the riot act and tell us, go home, you're suspended for the week and you need to work on something. Or they'll say, you know what, you're about to get your diploma because you've worked really hard. Well, so so every 28 years, we're at uh, we're at uh, either um, a graduation time or at a let's go back to square one and take another look at these things. Right. And it depends on what you've done. Remember, as Saturn is moving, uh, it it will reactivate Saturn. So every seven years you have uh Seven years from the moment you were born, your first age of seven, you mm-hmm. had Saturn making a square to natal Saturn. So you were challenged in some way by your father, by discipline, by having to learn to take control, by a principal, by a teacher, by an older person, someone in, in, in authority. And you were challenged. How did you handle it? Then seven years later, which is 14 years, Saturn opposes Saturn. So it says, what are you doing to balance the way that you control? Are you controlling others or are you controlling yourself? Uh, are you allowing others to control you or are you controlling yourself? What are you doing? It's asking those kinds of questions. Then it moves again and now it's making another square to Saturn. So it's each step as it goes around every seven years is activating itself. And hopefully you're learning your lessons during those periods in time. If you haven't learned the key lessons that are being presented to you at those times, then you're getting a C grade. And then your next seven years, you better pick it up. And the last one is the most important because when your Saturn actually returns to itself, that's when everything kind of hits the fan. You either graduate or you lose ground. Uh, Saturn is known to remove everything from you if it is um, if you haven't been doing your homework. So, so then, somebody in their seventy seventh year would be having challenges of some sort. Maybe, maybe not. What are your positioning of your natal Saturn? You have to go back to that. Some people are born with Saturn very well placed. You know, I have I have Saturn in Libra in my chart. Saturn in Libra is exalted. It's a lovely place for Saturn to be. Then, you know, how it works with my moon and how it works with my sun and uh, and other planets are, are telling us to what kind of experiences I would have. Okay, Not everybody so it, has a poorly placed Saturn. 
And uh, almost everybody has something that's challenging with their Saturn and other things that are helpful. And at the moment of the return, there can be planets that are transiting or progressed that are very helpful to help you get through that uh, return in the easiest way possible. So there can be mitigating features that can... Oh, yes. There always are. And that's that's the wonderful thing. It's like, you know, I can look at a person's chart and I'm able to say, well, you know, during this return, you're going to have this beautiful trine going on here. So this is where you want to put your energy. Put your energy into the activity that's involved with this trine and you'll be able to get through the challenges that are involved with the square. Um, there are areas that teach you where to focus um, and and most of us, you know, who don't have an astrologer, they have intuitive ways. When we sit down and pray or we chant or we uh, work with a mantra or we work with some other uh, um, helpful conscious activity, we, we intuitively are given tools that are going to get us to where we need to go. You know, astrologer makes it nice black and white, but uh, intuitively we all are fantastically intuitive we are all divine so you know if you know you're coming on a a Saturn return and you don't know what's in the picture you can go back and look at what happened to you when you were seven years old you can go back and look at what happened to you when you were 14 you can go back and look and what happened to you when you were 28 29 and uh, it will give you some information yeah, no, it definitely has. And, and you know, I've looked, I, I'm just kind of, you know, trying to think through some of these years. And, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I, of course, age seven, I'm not so sure about. Um, and 14, 14, my parents got divorced. Um, that's, that's big. That yeah. is a big, that tells tells me and you you were you stayed with your mother and your father disappeared from your world? Well, he didn't disappear from the world, but you know, he No, I mean your world. He wasn't in your immediate world as much? Oh, not at all. No. Well, that's what I mean. When I say somebody's disappeared from your world, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're not present anymore. They're not hanging out with you. They're no, no. not there at the dinner table. <laughs> he did not hang out for sure. And but, uh, but, they don't come to your school performances and they're not there for you. Nope, not at all. Yeah, so that's an abandonment, whether you recognize it as such or not. That's an abandonment. Now, just because a person gets divorced shouldn't mean they should abandon their child. Uh, unfortunately, men sometimes just take that as their benefit and they walk away. Mm-hmm. And that's very sad. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but but you know it it's it's also an opportunity to grow and and I mean looking back you know it 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 wasn't I mean it, yes it was devastating because it was during in a time when having a divorced parents was um, you know it was just it, it was you know you became typhoid Mary. Yeah, really. When when we were young, it was a rarity for people to have divorced parents. People literally uh, wouldn't let their kids play with me because my parents were divorced. It was so. So you had a lot more uh, issues that are in your chart that that you're speaking to at this moment. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was really um, an amazing time, and 
it, you know, I, I, it was tougher on my mother, of course, because, you know, couples no longer did anything with her. And so she was absolutely isolated like crazy. And, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, unfortunate. And then you, you come forward in time, I don't know, 20 years and everybody has divorced parents. Yeah. What your parents have been together all this time. <laughs> it's unusual. You know, it's just, um, it of course the next is. 20 years, it'll be different again. Uh, I think, um, they're moving, uh, young people are moving towards making more permanent relationships. Uh, so the ones mm -hmm. that I've come across, the majority of them are moving in that direction. So, and that's a good thing. I think, Absolutely. I think it's a good thing, especially if there are children involved. Which, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing because, you know, when I look at, you know, charts now i read charts but i read the patterns in them i don't read where the houses are and stuff like that because that's too confusing but i can get i can get stuff from the pattern of the chart you know and and it's um you know i, I don't claim to be an astrologer but i i recognize an astrology chart that's about as far as it goes <laughs> well you know there, there are lots of things that people uh learn and can look at a chart and say well at least you know like I'm looking at I, I still have Trump's chart on the on the screen here you know he has a moon in Sagittarius you know a person understands what Sagittarius is as a constellation which is a it's a very um, expansive kind of constellation it's a constellation that uh, loves loves uh, loves audio, all the audiovisual possibilities uh, depending <laughs> on where it's it's put and it's a it's a constellation that loves uh, being seen. Uh, it's a it's a constellation that's a public constellation. It's also connected to legal procedures. It's connected to uh, higher learning uh, universities. It's connected to um, marketing and mm. uh, advertising and publishing and all of those things. It's a big 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 sign. It's the sign that's normally ruled by uh, Jupiter. So oh, wow. for him to have the moon in Sagittarius in the fourth house uh, tells us, you know, his mother was probably uh, uh, very worldly and um, and he loves really big spaces. And we already know that. But I mean, he's had the money to be able to have the big space that he loves because mm -hmm. uh, Sag is big. It's not small. You got to have a big place when you have Sag there and you got every audiovisual piece of equipment in it you can possibly fit. And so there is a tremendous love of those things. And uh, and that's probably also why he's always up so early and doesn't sleep well. Moon and Sagittarius in the fourth house uh, is not, um, you know, the moon likes restful signs. It doesn't like fire signs. It, it doesn't know. It's a water. The moon is naturally a water sign. So to put fire on the moon um, and put it in its own house, which is the house where we sleep at night, yeah. it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. So this is probably why the man does not sleep that well. And he's always up tweeting in the middle of the night. How appropriate. <laughs> Uh, you know, because Sagittarius is all about the Internet and uh, it rules the Internet. It rules all kinds of ways that we communicate and connect around the world. So he loves that. And uh, and and it is very late in the house. So it tells us that it's usually probably just before dawn. He he does these things. Mm -hmm. So and the house is ruled by Scorpio. 
he has Scorpio on the cusp. So it's interesting. Um, I don't know what he does with that Scorpio on the cusp. He, there's something there that he likes hidden. So I guess maybe he doesn't like to show off his places as much as one would think. There's a part of him that does, but there's another part of him that likes to keep his privacy when he's home. Yeah, no, I could see that. And, uh, you, you know, there's so much being, you, you know, I, I, to be a public figure, I would never want to be a public no, figure. No, I'm right there with you. I mean. <laughs> the radio is as public as I like going. <laughs> I love the radio. I love radio. Who's that man behind the curtain? That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, but but you know, it's it's when you when you um, when you have uh, when you when you become a public figure, to the degree that he has become, I would imagine that there there is a part of him that that mourns the loss of the privacy that he was able to get before. Because this this I feel sorry for him because it, the president and the president's family are just constantly under surveillance of their bodyguards, if nothing else. They're under surveillance, not just while they're president, but for the rest of their entire lives. That's when, true. Once you do that, you give up your privacy forever. It, I, I don't think many people understand the sacrifice that is here. And, and yes, you know, you have the honor and the, all the glory connected to being the leader of the, of the free world type stuff. But, but the <laughs> I price, don't think it's worth it. <laughs> no, the, the price you pay is, okay. is it's, incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's outrageous. It's, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I don't, you know, he, he has a... He's a, you know, he has challenges in his chart, and he's got, you know, other things that are gifts. But we all do. Well, yeah, thank that's you. how we yeah. work with them. You know, it's well, how it's, we work it's, with them. It's, you know, I, I have, um, I, I, I know a, a psychic who is, who is also an astrologer, but not as, um, as deep an astrologer as you are. And I, I remember when, when we were in the primaries and everything, she did everybody's chart and. You know, the only the only person she liked, well, she liked Hillary, mm-hmm. and um, she liked um, Ron Paul, Rand mm-hmm. Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she liked their charts for being a president, and and in retrospect, I'm thinking, you know, there are qualities that a person who leads a country or leads anything has to have, and mm-hmm. um, sometimes they aren't they don't look really favorable in a, an intimate personal chart, but they are absolutely required if you're going to step onto a bigger stage. Uh, That's absolutely true. You know, know, where people fear Pluto uh, in their charts. I hear it all the time from students and people who are just beginning astrology and they go, Oh my God, Pluto's doing this or Pluto's doing that. Or what am I going to do about my Pluto? (laughs) And, you know, I, I have to laugh because Pluto is such a powerful uh, planetary force. It's a psychological force. It's a it's a force of your psyche. And positioned properly, it empowers you to be able to tackle something as large as a presidency. Um, people who are CEOs have powerful Plutos. People who step up on the world stage usually have powerful Plutos um, because they need it. They need that that power, but but sometimes, especially politicians, um, 
they aren't paying attention to where Pluto is. You know, there there is a, an ego at work here, and and you know, well, you, it's it's something to do in their natal chart, is what I'm saying. It's not oh, okay. just the transiting Pluto. The natal the natal chart tells us. I mean, if you look at Hillary Clinton's chart, I don't have it in front of me, but I studied it years ago. It's a, it's a power chart. Oh my God, she has a power chart. <laughs> Her chart is all about intelligence and power. She really, really knows how to wield power. It's unfortunate, though, she had other op- op issues in her chart, which mm-hmm. come to the forefront. And um, and in the environment uh, of this last election, all those issues accumulated one right on top of each other. So to watch it was like watching, watching the Tower of Pisa going down. Do you know, um, with her... When I look at her, I I keep thinking she would have been, with with whatever chart she has, she would have been better placed in in a time frame and as a man where dictatorships were were frequent, or monarchies were frequent because she was she she felt like the kind of person that demanded total absolute. Um, loyalty and power, and and that doesn't go in this in this time frame. Well, actually, you know, um, I don't remember her chart really demanding that. Uh, she she actually has a lot of she has some very soft things in her chart too. Uh, this man, on the other hand, uh, he he doesn't he demands it in a way that says i i need it he needs it there's a difference mm-hmm. she she'd command it but he needs it and the, when he tries to command it he doesn't do it from a position of power he does it from a position of fear ah. it's completely different and as a result he turns into the bully he pushes people aside like we saw him push the minister of belgium aside it was embarrassing but because he, he his is a needy process it's completely different she is on a firm intellectual st- stage she knows exactly she gathers the details her saturn is such that it requires that she has a foundation when she speaks she must know what she's talking about she and, and then the problem that she has with that is where she also has this spot, this uh, terribly difficult Achilles heel, is that if she doesn't feel she has all the facts perfectly aligned, she'll want everybody to step back and not look. So she'll try to like move the facts to one side so you don't see them. And you think she's lying to you when she's not really lying. She just doesn't want you to see the facts till she has them ready. Mm-hmm. It's sad, I mean, to watch that and know the, what yeah. I was looking at. You know, she didn't understand what she was doing and there was nobody there. I She did, obviously does not have an astrologer because I could have explained to her how to work this. But I am not her astrologer. I, I don't know Hillary. I mean, she was, it was, it's, it still is watching a train wreck. Well, it's because of that. There's a terrible need in her. And you and see, if an astrologer was working with her, I would have actually defined the days where those were the most difficult times for her. And then she, we could have sidestepped any times where she would get out and be seen. And ah. that would have saved her. She could have 
she could have. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be we'll be back. We'll be back in about five minutes. And this is Nightlight. And if you like what you're hearing, click over to the support page and make a small or large donation to help us keep this amazing state station up and running. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is totally listener supported from the owner to the host to the producers who we can't live without to the staff. All are working here because we love the work and are dedicated to putting out quality material for all of you. And we love being challenged by the techie stuff. But be it large or small, every donation is greatly appreciated and helps us all keep on supplying information and material to educate and enlighten you that isn't found anywhere else. Um, Michelle, I, yeah. do you happen to have the United States chart someplace? I can certainly get it. It only takes a second or two. <laughs> It, I, it's, I have it in here, obviously. Her fingers yeah. fly. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a mundane nut job. I love mundane astrology. Ah. It's one of my but, favorite things. So let me just be, look Because, up. you know, I, I've been, I always have done monthly forecasts, and, and I have been reluctant to do them. As a matter of fact, I think I missed um, April and May. And... I'm only I'm into the fifth of July of June and I haven't got it up yet either. Um, I've been very reluctant to do the forecast for for these months coming up to um, January and I and and I it's it's I think it's I don't know why it is but but I I will tell you that I've been seeing seeing things that were so uncomfortable for me that yeah. it's easier. I, I seriously will find also, I even did my laundry to avoid doing it. I mean. <laughs> oh, I so understand this. It's why I'm laughing, you know. I, it, you know, I, I did I did predictions annually for, oh my God, I don't even know how many years. It started somewhere in the early 90s and I finally says I've had enough and that was about, what, 2013 or something. 2014 I don't even remember it wasn't that long ago but I I finally said that's it I'm not doing it anymore I'm done I'm done well for (laughs) years for years I did it weekly and 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 then I thought I don't even know if anybody's reading this stuff and then when I said I was going to stop it I had so many people say oh no I read it all the time and and you know it would have been well if you'd let me know you were reading it I'd feel better so I I I went to monthly and 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 uh, 
I, I'm, I'm having trouble with it because it feels like the earth, the earth, the, the United States is going through. Um, is, is, is it a Saturn return of some sort? Is there something going on? Well, we already did our Saturn return. We did it a few years back when we were going through all that horrible time. Oh, <laughs> that was a Saturn return. <laughs> and Saturn went over the ascendant and we started backing off from the world. And now Saturn's already in our second house. And uh, so this is where, you know, you're you're trying to save money. You're trying to hold back. You're not going to spend as much. And mm-hmm. as a nation, uh, that's pretty much the direction we're in. Well, it's very hard sign, to get a budget through. What <laughs> sign What sign is the United States? The United States is, is born in the sign of cancer. It's ah. born on the 4th of July, you know. Oh, uh, the okay. sun is 13 degrees of cancer. And uh, and what's beautiful about the United States is we also have Beetle Goose in our chart. Beetle Goose is a fixed star. It's the only one of all the fixed stars that requires nothing to mm-hmm. give you success. Uh, George W. Bush had has Beetle Goose. He had it in conjunction with the United States chart. That's why he was elected for two terms, despite anything he did or didn't <laughs> do, and yeah. how the people could even. I mean, I I, I like him as a man, but. As a president, I don't think he had what it, we needed. Mm-hmm. But um, at any rate, you, these are things when we talk about elections, uh, there are magnetics that go between a person's chart and the chart of the United States of America. Okay. And and it's magnetics that do get people elected, not just the things they say, because what they're going to say will be part of that magnetic connection. So well, there's a lot, so, lot to it. So- so what is the country going through? Because we're we're seeing massive changes all over the place. Yeah. Well, we're going through a uh, 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 Pluto. We're 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 moving towards a Pluto experience. We're we're having um, Uranus um, has been uh, sitting on top of different things during this last uh, few years. It's been activating. Neptune right now is on the progressed Sun. Uh, Neptune has been on the progress sign. It's coming away from it, and that's really a good sign because that's telling us, you know, that all the illusion and all the fake news that's been going on and on and on, we're coming, we're coming out of it. If mm-hmm. if Neptune will continue to move forward, which it probably is going to make a few more passes, but because uh, Neptune's travels take usually seven years to go over something, mm-hmm. so uh, but you know we've been dealing with all kinds of lies and news has gone away from being news it's become some strange thing called entertainment i don't i don't even think those two words can be put together it makes no sense to me yeah you know news should be based on facts and entertainment could be based on anything um when we're trying to make decisions to move forward as a nation that are that have to do with the future of our planet the future of our children the future of our economy uh, we can't be doing it without the facts. So um, it's not wise. At any rate, Neptune will eventually get its little butt out of the way. And when it does, we as a nation will move out of this fake news thing and we'll come to terms with it and we'll figure a way to work with it. I understand right now, even as Neptune is two degrees uh, separating right now, um, it's it, it, there are uh, pieces of legislature in in different areas of the the country um, in some of the state legislatures and some of the so there are some in uh, even in the Congress that they're trying to put through that 
And, and there are even pieces of um, agreements that are being made by corporations like Google right now is even looking and Facebook is looking. How, how do we deal with this fake news issue? Because they now understand that they were part of the reason our election was not really an election by the people. It was an election out of a combination of things based on uh, illusion, which is what Neptune is famous for. So, um, so, you know, we're, we're starting to make some progress and that's a good thing. Uh, when we look at, um, you know, what's coming up, Uh Saturn, like I said, it's a 25 degree Sag and it's going through, um, the second house and it's right now retrograde. And so it's really activating our mercury in a very difficult fashion. It's what we call a quincunx, a super stressful experience. And uh, Mercury is in this chart, of course, the voice, the voice of the of the government, the voice of the Supreme Court, the voice of uh, of the uh, attorney general. And uh, and here uh, Saturn is making quincunx, which means that uh, the government itself or the people who are in the government, this could be uh, longtime government workers. This can be people who also are uh, attorneys in other areas of the government uh, because there's a whole body of the government when we look at Saturn uh, are having to go back and forth to try to get clarity here. And they're stressing out over what's going on. That's the statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Saturn will go forward. Uh, it doesn't go forward until August. Uh, and when it goes forward, it's very interesting. It will station on August the 25th, uh, which means for that day, there's several hours there where it feels like it's actually standing still as it starts to, as we catch up and, and it starts to appear to go forward again. But it will station at 21 degrees of Sagittarius. And that is something that I was looking at when we were off the phone. That 21 degrees, the 21 degrees in the United States chart is Mars. Mars is 21 degrees of Gemini. So Saturn will station exactly in opposition to Mars. Uh, Mars is Mars in the in this chart represents the military. It re- represents healthcare. It represents uh, the employment ratings. Um, those are the key things it represents. All the kinds of service service-related uh, groups in our nation, human services, uh, health health services, uh, our veteran services, uh, as well as our military, as well as um, anything else that you can think of that's in terms of a service. So uh, that's what it represents. And it is in the eighth house. And this opposition says there's going to be a struggle as to uh, money, Where's the money for what they need? Mm -hmm. There is a struggle here. Do we give them the money? We don't give them the money. There is actually a a fight going on. And so on that particular day, which I think is really interesting because it's August the 25th, that's uh, four days after the most terrifying eclipse uh, I have known in our lifetime uh, is about to take place on uh, across visually across the United States of America. And what's that date? The 21st, August the 21st. We have the huge solar eclipse that goes on for five hours and 23 minutes or something like that. And that represents 
since it's a solar eclipse, a total solar eclipse, and is completely visible across the entire United States from Oregon to Kentucky. And uh, that represents experiences that will continue for a period of five years and uh, two-thirds. So it's a, a journey that is going to be something else. And to see this first thing that happens right after that is Saturn making an opposition to Mars. This is a struggle for money, for military, for health care, for, for things that Americans value. This is a struggle, the government and the people. What do we value? The government and the military. What do we value? The government and health care the government and employment there is a struggle going on here uh, to release money and why is that eclipse, aside from the fact that it is visual why is that eclipse terrifying well according to the ancients anytime you see an eclipse anytime it is actually visible where it is visible it will have its greatest effect and uh eclipses according to the ancients never uh uh were a statement of anything good coming, but they were a statement of challenges and struggles and difficulties for whatever nation they were visible in. And the length of time of an eclipse for a solar eclipse for the hours equaled years. So to say that this eclipse uh, is a forewarning of five years and five and a half years, five and a third years, whatever it is of uh, uh of something that we're we're going we're embarking on uh, is it, it, that to me is pretty challenging and terrifying because it's unknown what it will be we have no record of an eclipse like that here in our country so uh, it's it it covers the entire united states you bet it's it starts it becomes <clears throat> visible in salem oregon and i don't know where it ends in kentucky i think it's paducah but i'm not sure you you'd have to go check mm-hmm. but that that covers the us i mean yeah there's a little space between the 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 shore you've got what maybe yeah, 150 miles from salem <laughs> to the coast yeah <laughs> and probably maybe 200 miles from paducah kentucky to the coast maybe 300 mhm it's, it's that's the majority of the United States of America has just been covered and it's visible across that entire spectrum. It's that we have not had that in our lifetime. Yeah, I'm in Connecticut. Will I see this or not? No, no, I won't sorry. see it. No, you'll have to travel to go see it. And as I understand it, people have had rooms booked all along the eclipse path for years. Oh my gosh, yeah, but it. I'll feel the effects of it. <clears throat> well. Let's hope that what you feel is good. <laughs> Let's hope that our consciousness can change what the ancients said would be difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always believe that we can change anything. And um, this is this is going to be a ride. But, uh, you know, looking at, at looking at these things and I, you know, and I said I was looking at Mr. Trump's chart. And... I noticed that, you know, Saturn, of course, at the 24 degree mark where it is now, uh, and it's retrograde, is going to station on the 25th of August at 21 degrees. And in his chart, that 21 degrees um, is also an activation point. 
it activates his moon. It's going to set right on top of his moon. It's going to station on his moon. I don't know. I don't think his mother is alive. Is his mother alive? I don't know. Is what? Uh, what is his moon in on? His moon is the moon always represents a female. It represents it represents the mother usually. It could rep- represent a wife or a child. Uh, here it is sitting in the house of the mother mm-hmm. in Sagittarius. Okay. Now, uh, just putting Saturn on top and actually stationing on it. We're talking about stationing on it, not just traveling across, stationing. Anytime a planet stations on something in your chart, it's going to leave a mark. The question mm-hmm. is, what's the mark that's going to be left on this president? Is it the loss of a piece of property? Is it the loss of his home? Is it the loss of the White House? It could be wow. the loss of the White House. She, she died in home now. She died in 2000. Yeah, I didn't think his mother was alive. So it's, yeah. it's not his mother. Um, no, and, and so I don't know what it's going to be, but I can tell you whatever it is going to be, it's going to be known. It's going to be felt. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be obvious and it's going to happen on that day, whether we hear about it on that day or the next day in this White House, we hear about things pretty darn fast. So, well, yeah, but, you know, there he has lots of hotels and I and know he could lose everything. property anywhere. Yeah. It could be, you know, something else. Uh, the fact that it's in Sagittarius is probably the good news. Saturn in Sagittarius is normally a lawsuit. It's not, uh, it is not uh, a burning of a building or a bombing of a building or something like that. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It would take another planet. We'd have to see Mars active at the very same time, uh, which I actually haven't gone forward to know where Mars was, is going to be at that point. I could go look. So these are all the things that you think of as an astrologer as you're looking at somebody's chart and going, oh, my God, what's going to happen to them? Are you <laughs> going to be safe? Yeah, especially when it's a client, you know, I want to know mm-hmm. they're going to be OK and and to warn them of whatever needs to be warned so that they have the best chance of minimizing whatever the issue might be. Mm-hmm. So but like I said, this is in Sagittarius. So let's see where Mars is. Mars is at 20 degrees of Leo. Um. of Leo actually is supportive of him. Uh, That's a trine to his moon while uh, Saturn is uh, stepping on top of his, his moon. So, uh, so he, he is, he's got some support there. He's getting support from Mars and Mars is a very important planet in his chart. It's right on his ascendant. He was born with Mars on the ascendant. That's why he is, what can I say? You know, he's so, he can be so aggressive, such Mm -hmm. a bully. Uh, he has Mars on the ascendant, you know, that's somebody who's pushy, pushy, pushy. And in Leo, you know, pushy, mm-hmm. pushy, I got to be out front. I got to be the guy everybody sees. I, look at me, look at me. Um, so, yeah. you know, having, having it at 20 degrees, Mars in 20 degrees makes a trine to his moon. So there's some, um, there's something there that is giving him some support through this experience. And uh, it's a good question to try to figure out what it is. Um, coming is coming from the past. It's coming from something karmic, and um, let's see what else might give me a clue. It could be it could be his children. It could be his sons, his two sons, or hmm. maybe maybe yeah. I bet it's his sons. That's what I'm. Getting. I would be more likely to guess. 
they are going to be very supportive of him and help him get through this experience. And of course, you know, it won't be long after that. Just a few days later, a week and a half later, his Mars will conjunct Mars in the sky will conjoin his Mars and be on his ascendant. So I can assure you that even if he is down for a day, he's going to come out fighting in a, oh, within yeah. a, just a couple of days at that time, just all over the place. Once that Mars gets on that Mars, Twitter will be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I did did my overview for this year because I did do the overview and that's up on the website. Um, I, I, I felt strongly that, that September through December were going to be explosive months for the U S I saw riots and I saw, and, and, and I'm not just talking itty bitties. I'm talking like the great big ones in LA, you know, Mm -hmm. the the massive ones. And I saw buildings on fire and I saw, Chicago, L.A., and San Francisco specifically, and then I heard sanctuary cities. So, you know, and that, of course, Connecticut's a sanctuary state, and so is New York. So, but I didn't feel it as much on the East Coast as I felt Chicago and West Coast. Hmm. And and wow. it felt it felt explosive. It felt hmm. really explosive. And and it didn't feel as though it was um, terrorists. It's it's. it's a, it sounds like it's internal. Everything you've said, yeah, it sounds internal. Yeah, it sounds like the rifts that are going on between uh, the factions in this country. Which really, what's so sad is the the real rifts are happening as a result of all the lies that have been told. Mm-hmm. Um, Americans want the same thing. Every single American in this country wants the same thing, except for the very wealthy. They all want to be able to feed their families and have a home to go to at night. Exactly. You know, and when I heard the figure, we have 75,000 homeless people in Los Angeles. Over half of them are U.S. veterans. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. That's, uh, it just, it made me want to go to L.A. and, and work to help these people. This is just, it's, it's, it, I, 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 I almost came to tears when I heard these figures. I just, you know, and then to, to see this opposition in the chart, it didn't give me a whole lot of hope because that's, that's not a statement of we're going to take care of them. It's, it's, it's a statement of a struggle. So, um, yeah, well, it would not could- surprise me. Uranus, uh, you know, has been activating on and off. And right now, uh, Uranus is sitting on top of uh, Venus in the U.S. chart, the progressed Venus. So that has some some interesting statements. Venus progressed in the U.S. chart is in Aries. And it's all sitting in the Aries is, is the military. And the sixth house is the house of the military. And Uranus on top of Venus is... It says that there are issues, sudden and unexpected uh, things coming up that may have to do with women in the military, uh, would, ha- would have to do with uh, issues of love of our military. There is um, uh, quite a few ways you can look at this, but uh, I don't know what's going on. I haven't watched the news at all. I've been sick and, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and you know, the news just makes me too upset. So it, would make me sicker. 
<laughs> so. Well, well, you know, I if it really were news, it would be one thing, but you don't know who to trust anymore. Well, that's why, you know, I've taken to letting people know on my Facebook page, you know, dialogue is important as long as we don't injure each other. And, and instead of relying on the news, here is where you can go find the facts. Because I've had people tell me, I had one, one uh, Facebook friend say um, uh, that this pulling out of the parish agreement uh, was going to save us billions of dollars because we had to pay out all this money. And I said, where did you hear that? <laughs> You know, because here is the link. Go read the Paris Accord yourself. And I had another person say to me, uh, well, how do you know what's in those executive orders? I said, because you read them. Here is the link. Go to the government site and read them. I think that's one thing that that the public is, is going to have to realize, that it's up to each individual to take responsibility for understanding yeah, if it, 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 there were there were a number of times that that I heard people going off on different things during during um, the whole process that we've just been through, and 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 you know I I said I said to it was my doctor and I said that's you know where did you hear that that material and she said oh on Facebook and I said did you check it out because it's wrong. And yeah. she just looked at me like, she said, but it was on Facebook. And I said, but it was wrong. Anything can be on Facebook. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how many fires I put out on Facebook every week where people, they've learned not to post it anywhere. They send me a secret message and they say, I just learned this and da 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 And then I go look it up and I say, well, you know, I'm glad you, I hope you didn't tell too many people, but go back huh? and tell them again. Yeah, I, it just it to me it's it's so unsettling. Now now when Obamacare came out, it was so many thousand pages. Who was it? Nancy Pelosi said you got to pass it so we'll fit, so we can find out what's in it. Um, That's that, a horrible thing to say, but it's happened way too many times in this, oh, in geez, in every yeah. Congress over the years. And and it it's true, but they they put things they vote things in without actually understanding them or reading them. And well, if, if they, they read them, Barbara, they would never ever vote on them. Because you know what happens? This congressman says, "Well, you know, if you put this in, I'll be happy to vote on it." So they mm-hmm. throw that in, and then another congressman says, "Well, if you know, if we can get a bridge over here in our district." Uh, I'll vote on that. And mm-hmm. so you have all this junk in that bill. You got not only 2,000 pages of trying to figure out what in the heck's going to be gone and go on and with the rules of health care for across the entire United States, which is an incredibly diverse country. Yeah. But in addition to that, you have all the pork that gets stuck in between in order to get the votes. Yeah. It's very, and, and this president had, he obviously has never read a bill in his life. I've read them. You know, I've read the Patriot Act years ago, 2,000 pages. I read the great crime bill of 1980, whatever it was, when Clinton was in the presidency, which was a terrifying bill. That was over 2,000 pages, and they never read, and they voted on. Uh, but I, I would print them out and literally sit there and read them mm-hmm. because I want to know what my government is doing well, I don't you know, have, I don't have a lot of power, but I do have a consciousness, and I can pour it out, and that's what I do, and pray mm-hmm. that we will get the proper balance. 
it's fine to give those guys a bridge if they need the bridge, but mm-hmm. let's do the right thing for all of us. Well, I think the thing that upsets me the most is is the military. I, I have a friend whose husband was, was career military, and I did not realize that that the military wasn't even providing some of our, our, our guys with the, the armor they needed. People were taking oh, up yeah. collections to send oh, them. The that was, that was George Bush. Yeah. And, oh, my and God. It, it was like, w- wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That was George W. You're going to send that these guys Cheney. into. Yeah. You're, send, you're sending gonna... our, our children into war without the proper equipment. And, but yet we have all the big guns and power they did that stuff in vietnam too they sent them with rifles that weren't weren't any good but look Imagine at our plane war with a rifle you can't shoot and, and look at our planes that the, the, they had to go to the graveyards to get replacement parts because the planes were so old they weren't making the parts anymore i mean this is this is to me unacceptable well you know if i always say if women rule the world one thing is for sure things would get done and there'd be no war that's because true. women don't want to waste their money on stuff like that. We'd rather feed everyone. If everyone is fed, if everyone is full, and they've got a TV and their garbage gets picked up, you know what? They have no reason to fight. <laughs> That's true. That's and, very- you know, we have, the, we have the money to do that. We have enough money in this country to feed everyone on the planet. Well, and we also have enough oil here in this country, so we don't have to re- – and all of the oil that is that is pumped in this country is sent overseas, and then we buy it back. Now, that to me is stupid. <laughs> we do that with so much stuff. I could go on. I, I, was, I was reading something just today because, you know, I do, I do import. I do uh, some import uh, stuff from China, Korea. I, bought, I, I, I have imported from India, Pakistan, Korea, China, Indonesia – Hong Kong, and Germany, mm-hmm. and um, and I was just reading something on here that again blew my mind. We we years ago when I started the inkjet reset business, I I would uh, provide cartridges, and because I was interested in seeing cartridges recycled in inkjet printers instead mm-hmm. of people continually, we were th- throwing away thirty two million cartridges into landfills every year. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, uh, it, but these big greedy companies don't want people to do that. So they charge, and they charge you a fortune, $80 for a set of inkjet cartridges when yep. you can re- refill one for about four cents. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So I did a lot of investigating and looking into the best ink and all of that. And the almost every single, I think everyone, I, I can't say for sure, everyone, but as far as I understand it, every single company, HP, Brother, Lex, Lex, whatever it is, all the all of the companies mm-hmm. in this country that make inkjet printers as well as toners, they produce the ink here in the United States where they have complete control over the production of the ink. And then they ship the ink to China and China fills, makes the cartridges, fills the cartridges, boxes them up and sends them back to the United States. Mm. And that is not the only thing we do like that. There are a lot of other products that we are doing just like that. Oh, yeah. And, and to me, it, 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 you know, we have the capacity in this country to take care of ourselves. I know. 
I mean, we we could become isolationists, but I don't know that that. that well, I don't think that's going to happen because we are too intercommitted now with money. Yeah. When money disappears, it's a different story. But uh, as long as money is here, we're intercommitted. We owe two trillion dollars to the Chinese. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's fascinating. And yet we're afraid of the Chinese that we're going to go to war with them at some point. That ain't going to happen. Well, they own, it's they unlikely. But you have to remember that during World War I, uh, England and Germany had the greatest interbonding of commerce. And they owed each other money and there was all this great commerce going on. And then World War I broke out and they were fighting. So it has happened there. That precedent has already been broken. But uh, the issue that we're facing, of course, is North Korea and uh, North Korea. um, You know, I think we just have to keep praying that Kim Kim Jong-un will realize that as long as he has his protection, he can stay in control and we're not going to bother him. Mm hmm. And the Chinese want to keep him in place because the Chinese do not want the United States having a friendly face on their border. Now, see, this is something, this is one of the things that I saw that that I saw countries changing their borders. And one of the things that I felt was going to happen or, or come close to happening was that North and South Korea would be re, re, recombined. Well, that would be the end of Kim Kim Jong-un. It would be the end of him. Do you have his chart? I don't think I have a time for him. They lie about those things, so I don't think you can go by anything. You know, they tell you that that the moment he was born, you know, there was a great lightning strike and new earth formed and there was a mountain that was made. (laughs) I mean, their their great mythology of their, their guys, you can't, it's... It's like trying to know the birth time of a racehorse. You know, you can't uh-huh. get that either. So, um, because really, yeah. Well, every according to the, the the racing association, the United States and around the world, for that matter, uh, according to the Thoroughbred Racing Association, when a horse is alive on the first day of the year, they are one year old. Even if they were born two days before, they are rated as a one-year-old, which is a very oh. stupid rule. But because of that, horses, first off, the people want their horses to be older and bigger and stronger. So they want them to be bred in December if they can get them bred in December or earlier. So a lot of horses are born usually eh, 15th of December towards christmas time they're mm-hmm. usually born before the first of the year so they usually will have a mare that looks just like the mare that's pregnant and that's also pregnant so they have what they call a companion mare and what they will do is they will switch the mares oh so that the people who are still looking and saying oh you're you're you know this fantastic mare that was bred to this fantastic sire is going to have is he she's doing okay and they'll say yeah there she is out there well in the barn <laughs> hidden away <laughs> from eyes is the newborn baby who's already growing oh wow yeah no it's it's nasty but that's the racing uh, that's a you know the world of racing all the things i know <laughs> yes <laughs> 
Right. Trivia. I will. I will. I will absolutely. Uh, that's yeah. that is interesting. You know, well, I, see, I. We I know have. Where, we have an underbelly people. in almost everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know people that have horses, but they're not rate horses. They're just show horses. No, so. no. Yeah. And show horses, they do other things, talking about hormones, you know. They they try to, they want their coats to be shiny early in the spring. So they manipulate the lighting in the barn in order to get the horse's bodies to register that it's spring. So they <gasps> will shed, shed early. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what they do to re- they do that to show horses. The things I could tell you, I know a lot about horses. I used to breed horses. I used to train them. I used to break horses. I adore horses. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I um, is is there uh, Frisian? Is that the- uh, yeah uh, the the Frisian the, oh. the Frisian, Frisian horses are gorgeous. The black the the blackest of the black horses with their magnificence. Uh, they carry their necks so nice and tight, and they carry their legs so nice and high. They're beautiful horses. And their manes and their tails and their stockings are just absolutely mm. gorgeous. Frisian horses usually don't have stockings. What Frisian horses have you been looking at? Um, they have, they not stockings, but they have, you know, ruffles. They have long hair on their ankles. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. They're fe- they're the feathers, feathered hair on their on their hooves is which around yeah. their hooves on their pasterns. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Otherwise, only... I thought you might be talking about the gypsy vanna. The gypsy vanna horses are amazing. They're gorgeous. No, they all I have just... very long flowing hair and uh, oh, horses. I I'm not. Um, I I was reading somebody and I saw them on. I swear it was a Palomino Frisian, and I don't know. If no, they, they have them. Can't can't be. Frisians are always almost black. They're almost coal black. Well that whole um, breed is that way. So if you saw a Palomino that gave you the feeling it was a Frisian, I bet you I, I would be willing to bet a good fifty dollars that we would send to charity. Um that it was a gypsy vanna. Oh, could be. It was just I was seeing in a past life for somebody, I was seeing this horse and when I was describing it, somebody said, Well, that's a Frisian. And I said, It's a Palomino. And it's a Frisian. And I said, it's, it, I know what a Palomino is. Right. So. <laughs> right. Anyone who's our age probably saw Roy Rogers and knows a Palomino. Yes. <laughs> they know Trigger. <laughs> oh, God. I can't believe he stuffed that poor horse. Oh, God bless him. I love that horse. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I was, I was reading someone and, um, and, and, and the whole scenario came out. And that was another thing I wanted to ask you about um, with charts. You know, can you get into past lives and can you get can you get pretty accurate material on past lives from from a chart? You know, I think if you're a psychic astrologer like I am, you do. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't know that uh, the average astrologer will uh, do a very good job at that. They can. The information is there. Uh, or at least some of the information, not not all of it, because the only thing that's really showing up in the chart is what's valid for this lifetime, um, which, of course, is all you should be looking at. Uh, you could look at your myriad lifetimes and spend the rest of your life looking at lifetimes. Mm-hmm. But the only um, lifetimes that are important are the ones that have relevance for this one. Right. And when we look at the 12th house, the rulership of the 12th house or the planets in the 12th house, uh, and how they interface with other planets, it tells us about past lives. 
that's what the twelfth house is about. Uh, a lot of the time, we will find a parent, a child, a lover, a friend, uh, uh, even sometimes a coworker in the twelfth house, and we know there is a strong connection. And then you can identify what kind of connection it was. You know, um, if we look. <clears throat> Well, what if the twelfth house is empty? Does I mean everybody's well, you had, look, had you, lives, you, so. you you look to the rulership of the the that house. <clears throat> the rulership still has information. For example, okay, let's say your house is empty. Okay, let's say your twelfth yeah. house is empty, but you have Leo on that house cusp. Then you look to the sun, and all the planets that interact with the sun is going to talk to you about past lives. Oh, okay. Additionally, the south node will talk to you. The South Node always tells us of past lives in terms of what are we bringing into this life with our talents and our challenges, what's going on. And uh, I just looked back at Trump's chart because I didn't really want to look at the U.S. chart for something personal like that. And, uh, you know, you look, his South Node is conjunct his moon. And uh, there is a statement there, you know, about past lives, about property, Mm -hmm. about women. Uh, about uh, his mother. She was obviously uh, a key part of uh, from a past life. And uh, they might have both been um, people in, uh, in some kind of, a, a, I want to say some kind of, an, it's not an investment, it's more like a, some kind of travel thing that they did. Maybe... <clears throat> Maybe they owned 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 property that people traveled to. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Could even been in some past life that they owned some property here in America. I don't know, but uh, you know his south node is there. It's conjunct the moon, so it, it tells us you know he comes in with talents for property. He comes in with talents uh, connected to women, and he will use those. He comes in with marketing talents. He comes in with uh, knowledge, some world knowledge. He comes in with, uh, you know, and then, you know, Sagittarius can also be a con man, you know. Mm-hmm. Where where do you look in, in anyone's chart for the gifts and talents they brought into this lifetime? Well, the South Node tells us that, uh, but then there are lots of other things. I mean, you can look at um, uh, fixed stars, what fixed stars are active uh, at the moment when the person was born or during that day when they were born by Paran, uh, which planets were activated by what fixed stars. They'll talk about talents, um, and those are talents that some, some of them are immediately apparent during the first quadrant of life and others don't show up till the last quadrant of life. So you, you, depending on how you, you have to take the time to read it to see. Uh, some of them carry through and it's always fascinating when you see that. Um, so, but that you see them in fixed stars very quickly. You know, you could have, you know, Mercury with Spica uh, or you could have Mars with Capella uh, people who have, for example, Mercury would speak of would be someone who's incredibly talented tongue. Uh, they probably, and if it, if it, if they have other things uh, like Venus in in the third house, they might be a great singer, um, or they might be a good orator. 
you'd have to see the rest of the way his faces, but they're coming in with the talent of their voice. Well, with um, people with people who are in transition and and you know having to change careers and having to change jobs, so, something like like going to an astrologer and saying to them, "I want to know what talents and gifts I brought into this lifetime." so that it can help me, you know, sort mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. aim myself in a direction where there, where there is talent so that, so that, you know, it won't be as, as large a struggle. Right. Absolutely. And astrology can definitely help a person with that. And, you know, sometimes people do what their parents wanted them to do. Sometimes they do what their husband wants them to do. Uh, rarely does a man do what their wife wants them to do, but it could happen too, so I won't mm-hmm. go there. But nonetheless, uh, and when people get into zones like that, they're, they're, they're not usually happy. Uh, they're living a life that's more of an existence. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, uh, everything breaks free and they're standing there going, well, now what do I do? Exactly. That, pers- that person is gone. Uh, that person who was driving my life is gone. Now it's my life. Now who am I? And they have to start a new uh, search and going to an astrologer is a great way to do that because we we go back to the natal chart and we can say oh well look here you know we look at the second house the sixth house and the midheaven and right just the signs there tell us a whole lot about you and the kinds of things you would enjoy we look mm-hmm. at the south node and we see a whole bunch more we look at the rulers of those houses what are they doing and how are they interfacing and 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 then we got all kinds of clues, and then we see how the transits are activating to see where your doorways of opportunity will be for those talents to shine. So yeah, because you know, so many so many people today are coming to a time frame in their house. A lot of people in their sixties, um, who who are, you know, they're they're not ready for the nursing home, and and they. They, many of them are in transition. You know, they still want to work. They still want to achieve. And wh- what they did for a career, which in many cases they didn't like anyhow, is not available to them anymore. So it's kind of like, well, what do I do now? And, you know, I, I, I always think that this is, a, this is a wonderful time because it means you can finally do and be the person that you were meant to be. Yeah, I agree with you. Totally. And I usually tell them, if we're not doing astrology, <clears throat> and I'm just talking to them, I will say, okay, now's your opportunity. I want you to go back to when you were five years old. What did you love to do? Exactly. I do the same thing. Because we come in pre-programmed. You bet. We sure and, do. And, and, and our parents can, because I can go back to that time frame and I love to paint doilies. You know, my mother would get these. these <laughs> I love it. And I would, and and I ended up doing Mandela's. Um, I would, I, I, I taught all my dolls in school. You know, I would, and and I taught school for 25 years. And, and then I would, with all my pets, I would do church services. And, and um, I have served in the pulpit so that, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, the things that I did, you know, three, four, five, um, were were indicative of areas where I I could be reasonably more successful and and you know I I tried them all on so yeah. well not all of them I'm sure there were I I haven't been a cowgirl yet don't think that's going to happen <laughs> but 
Well, maybe in your own way, you're a unique cowgirl. Maybe it's uh, without the cow or the horse. <laughs> no, my my mother got a divorce. We went to Reno for six weeks, and I maybe lived out that that fantasy that time frame. <laughs> But, yeah, but, well, that's, you know, when you're five years old or younger, uh, even uh-huh. until seven for a lot of children, you know, your higher self is really still directing. Yeah. And your passion is your soul. Soul is passion. So you're, you're, you're passionately doing things. And those things that you're doing out of passion are key to who you are. Oh, so absolutely. that's, you know, that's the best place to go. You know, an astrologer can certainly give you keys and and look at a lot of things, but anybody can go back to when they were five. Well, no, not many people can really remember back that far. Oh, most everybody remembers the few things that they were passionate about. And if they can't remember, then I tell them, then I want you to go get a book and some crayons and go do some coloring. (laughs) It will come back to you. That's true. More fun. Get some butcher paper and... A, a, a several different kinds of flavors of pudding and go do pudding painting on the floor. Oh, gosh. That's so fun. Yes, you should wash your floors first. Yeah. <laughs> but you put down the butcher paper and the kids crawl around on the butcher paper doing finger painting with, and then they get to lick their fingers. Of course, we mm-hmm. make them wash first. Yeah. But uh, I, my, my granddaughter, um, <clears throat> from a very early time on, you know, she she loves to do crafts, and I my um, daughter in law is not a crafty person, and and I am. So w- whenever I go visit, I take a new project or a new thing. I oh, mean, she's, cool. she she yeah. learned how, she learned how to knit at eight. Um, oh, how great! And uh, I I one time, you know, the little plastic beads you can buy. Oh yeah. I found a uh, a project where you put them in a glass pie pie dish, you know, all over the place, and then you melt them, and they become sun catchers, and they're beautiful. Oh, how um, cool is that? It was cool, but it did stink up the house something awful. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's one you you get an old old toaster oven from the used store. No, you and you take to, it and plug it in outside. It, it, it didn't go high enough. You have to really, but but yeah, no. I mean, and and she she waits for me to come because there's always something new to get her hands into that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, you know, I'm 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 just so delighted with that because she's open to almost anything. It's so much fun. Um, I I do want to. We're we're right down to almost the last hurrah here. I want to thank you for stay, sticking in there with me. This has been a fun show. I've had fun. I've I've enjoyed myself. I always have fun with you anyway, Barbara. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's it's every now and then. It's I love getting information out of you know, people like you who are so good at what you do. And, and I, I mean, I like doing the readings too, don't get me wrong, but, but it's, it's wonderful to be able to pump you and, and just, you know, see, you know, I, I do learn a lot from you and it really is um, an exciting thing. I am going to have to go visit my, my, my son and uh, his, his family in Nashville in August around the 25th. (laughs) Thanks again, Michelle, and and sleep well and get better. Thanks so much. You guys have a great night. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye. 
Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. This is Barbara DeLong, host of Nightlight Radio, inviting you to join me on a cosmic journey, exploring a metaphysical montage of spiritual material, covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between, including spiritual readings for those who seek enlightenment. Let Nightlight provide you with equal measure of light, love and laughter, insight, wisdom, and inspiration. Monday nights, 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Studio B, Revolution Radio, at freedomslips.com. 